0: friends. Welcome and thank you for taking a minute to explore food ingredients with us today. Hopefully in our time together, we might learn and question what's delicious. Pull up a chair, pour yourself some tea, and join our host, Drew Barbone, here at Food Fuss. Welcome to Food Fuss. It's our first episode about steak. My name is Drew Barbone. I'm your host and the producer of Food Fuss. I started this podcast to help all of us understand food ingredients better. I think all of us want to learn more so we can create food that's delicious. Today we're going to learn more about steak. We'll explore what I think are really the three main qualities you want to judge a steak by. Tenderness, taste, and fat content. These three combine to create your favorite cut of steak. Maybe you want it as tender as possible. Some of us like a really beefy, meaty flavor in a steak. Fat content. How much is in your steak? Adds to that first two, definitely. So we have got tenderness, taste, and fat. First, I want to tell you a story about my first steak. Uh, I can remember that my mother and my sister were away on, on a girl's trip. Uh, I grew up in an Italian household, so I never really had steak. It was not something that that we ate at all. And my father, who is a man of impulse, decided to take his son out for his first steak at the age of, I think I was maybe 11 or 12. So we pull into this very Italian restaurant. I mean, it had the whole red and white awning. We walk in and we're seated and my father orders for us. I had no idea that that's what we were there for, but uh, I remember him saying something, something steak. And in a while, it came uh, very much like the old school steakhouses in that little silver tray with a little bit of sauce or au jus in the bottom. I, I still to this day can't remember what cut it was or or anything, but I can remember very distinct things about it. I remember that now that I'm older, I cut it wrong because each bite had gristly pieces and fat pieces and tender pieces and tough pieces. Uh, was my first experience. I didn't know necessarily how to cut it to eat it, but I remember the visceral uh, experience of that flavor of of a steak that nothing else can bring you, just kind of exploding um, and thinking to myself, you know, this is an amazing experience, and I have to have more of this. Um, so to settle all kinds of debates, um, and please email me if you want to discuss some of these topics because we will not be talking about them today on the podcast. Um, we are foodfussdrew at gmail.com. But I just want to talk through the lens of all the things that we uh, accomplished today are going to be through the lens of medium rare. I understand that there's all different debates about how hot you should cook it and what the internal and all that. Not for today. Today, we are inside, still red, but warm. That's what we're gonna to uh, kind of look through all this discussion, you know. With, uh, I'm also not going down the rabbit hole of sous vide versus charcoal versus gas versus cooking it on a rock or holding it up to the sun or whatever, you know, whatever that thing is for you. Whole another discussion, whole different thing. Today, I want to talk about the steak itself. In the end, I'll give you my opinion, but it's your money and it's your mouth. Uh, so learn what you can to choose what you think is delicious we're going to tackle tenderness first. Uh, What makes a steak tender and how does this apply to different cuts of steak? A good question is why don't you just pick the most tender cut? All these questions are important as we explore steak tenderness. It's so tender you can cut it with a fork. Ever heard that about a steak? Why are some steaks so tender? What I want to do is explain that and then look at the most tender cuts you might see in your local store. Disclaimer, There are literally hundreds of cuts of steak, and I want to discuss that in in detail. Steak's made up of the muscles of cows that are about 18 to 24 months old. Uh, They can be either female or male. I'm not going to talk about veal. That's 100% a different conversation. Still beef, but um, like I said, very, very different for what we're going to talk about today. So back to the muscles of cows. Just like most animals, some muscles are used or exercised more than others. If you ever want to prove that, try to do a plank for about four minutes. Your muscles will show you which one are used more than others. What butchers do is they separate the cow carcass into eight main cuts. These are called primal cuts. Feel free to look these up if it interests you. But for our discussion, think of them as the eight pieces of a cow. And that's kind of going to be, you know, where we get our, our steaks from. But once a butcher gets in, you know, what they call a side of beef, okay, They break it down into their primal cuts, and it's eight main cuts. So what part of a cow get used the most? Well, basically it's legs to walk and its neck to move its head. And these are the toughest. You can imagine uh, muscles that are used the most um, are stronger. Those muscle strands are stronger and become tougher over time. So if you think about it in that way, the farther you get away from those two areas of the cow, the more tender the meat is. Now, once we have these eight cuts, we need to see which one is the most tender. And of those eight cuts, there's one that is called the loin. And that literally is the most tender cut of beef. Butchers take that these primal cuts. Let's take the loin as an example. And then they cut them into what are called subprimal cuts. So imagine a butcher again taking a side of beef, parting it out into the eight primal cuts. One of them is the loin. And then he's gonna or she is gonna take that loin. And separate that loin into two very specific subprimal cuts. One's called the tenderloin, and one is called the strip loin. The loin has two subprimal cuts. Like I said, one's the tenderloin, and one's the strip loin. Let's talk about what steaks come from these subprimal cuts and what they look like in the store. To make this easier, I'll start with the tenderloin steak. The tenderloin or most any mammal is considered by most to be the most tender. In a cow, you'll see it first called the filet mignon or just filet. And I've thought that an interesting little antidote was mignon or mignon means cute in French. And you'll find this cut to be extremely tender. And it is generally cut against the grain. And you'll hear that sometimes. Cutting against the grain is all, all that is is cutting in the opposite direction of the small muscle fibers that adds to the tenderness. Later on when we talk about tougher cuts that may be more flavorful, most of them are cut as you serve them against the grain. That means you're cutting in the opposite direction, like I said, of the muscle fibers and that does add to the tenderness. With these filet mignons or just filet, fat content is fairly low on the whole and comparably to other cuts. I know some of you are probably going to write in and say, I had this completely marbled Kobe B filet mignon, and you're probably right. But on the whole, in your store that you come up against a filet mignon, it's really not going to have a lot of fat compared to other cuts. That's going to be important for our discussion today as we compare it to some of the other cuts that we find that you might like. Next up for the loin is the top loin steak, you might know as the New York strip or the Kansas City strip, or just a simple strip steak. Uh, I was interesting; I didn't know this until I did the podcast. I wanted to know, you know, why would you have two names for the? I mean, it's literally the exact same cut: New York strip or a Kansas City strip. Uh, the interesting thing is, in the 1930s, uh, New York restaurants were getting um, very. Hoity-toity, very famous, very fancy, and they felt that using the Kansas City Strip, and that was named specifically because Kansas City is where a lot still are, um, and they were then a lot of the major beef slaughterhouses um, were are. And they wanted it to be more fancy, so they simply called it a New York Strip. And depending on what part of the country or even what part of the world, you might see the different names, but just know it's exactly uh, the same state. Again, the strip steak is very tender. You're going to find more fat than a filet, of course, and it's actually very juicy. Um, these usually come boneless, which, of course, brings me to the concept of bone-in or not. And I will tell you this all the time. Bone-in always means more flavor, 100%. Uh, the easy example that I would give you is eating fried chicken versus a fried chicken nugget or chicken tender. Um, the bone always adds more flavor. So speaking of that, the filet, boneless, um, and the strip steak, boneless as well. And you'll see that, like I said, later on, there's there's more flavor with bone. Now, still on the loin muscle, okay? We're still talking about tenderness. And the next two cuts um, are, think of them as cousins, uh, if, if you will, uh, because they are more or less the same cut. But just a different size. One is called the T bone, and the other one is called the porterhouse. Again, still from that primal cut of the loin, but both of them, the T bone and the porterhouse, have a bone in it. Uh, Shockingly enough, good listeners, the T bone has a bone that is shaped like a T. And basically, what it does is that T bone separates two different steaks. On one side, the smaller side of a T bone is a fillet that we've talked about. On the other side, is a strip steak. So for those of you that uh, kind of want to experience both types of steak in the same meal, T-Bone's totally for you. Plus, you have the added uh, bone in there, which like I said, extra flavor. So the porterhouse is just, think of it as a larger, thicker version of the T-Bone. Same cut, different size. Uh, it's usually wider, longer, and thicker um, then its cousin, so to speak, the, the T-bone steak. Um, like I said, I'll say it again. They're practically the same cut. Usually just depends on how hungry you are. Or if you are in restaurants, sometimes you'll see a porterhouse for two. Um, it's so big that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that can be consumed by by two folks. So just to give you an idea of those two steaks, if, if you know, the T-bone steak is the F-Ford 150, Right. Then the porterhouse would be the super duty extended bed dually with coming engine, and those are kind of in review. Really, the four cuts that come out of the loin, and if you're talking about strictly tenderness, I mean, if that is your jam, filet mignon, probably the tenderest out of all of them, uh, less fat, strip steak, New York strip, Kansas City strip. All right, more fat, okay. Uh, A little bit like it's not the pinnacle of tender, but it's extremely tender. And then if you want to kind of go both ways, so to speak, uh, you got your T-bone or your porterhouse. Okay, so we have covered tenderness uh, in in the loin cut. I want to move on to fat content. Absolutely, um, my favorite types of steak are steaks with high fat content. We're going to find those cuts specifically in the primal cut called the rib. If you remember, we talked about the primal cut, one of eight cuts of the cow being the loin. Another one is the rib and my favorite, absolute favorite steak. And I I will give you my, my bias opinion on this. Um, It's found there and it is called the ribeye steak. Okay. And if you look at a ribeye in your grocery store or in a butcher, you're really going to see two pieces or two parts. It's all hooked together. It's one nice package. But there's two parts to a ribeye. You're going to see that the center part of it. It's more or less round, which is where the eye comes from. All right, and that round part is going to have a lot of marbling. It's going to be connected to this crescent shaped, moon shaped, um, curved piece around, kind of from the top down to the side. Um, they look kind of like a lip. Um, That you're going to see, and that should have a little bit more marbling inside the actual part that you're going to eat. But my favorite part is that those two pieces are joined together by, you guessed it, more fat. Fat always equals flavor, and that is specifically true with with most animals. Uh, Bacon is more delicious because, of course, it comes with its own fat content. If you look at a great pork chop, there's going to be fat content there as well. Um, all along the way, duck is another favorite meal of mine. And I love duck because it, it does have a lot of fat with it. So again, fat equals flavor. And the cool part about fat, ladies and gentlemen, is that usually the fat can pick up the taste of what animals have eaten. So a good example of, uh, one of those animals, that's not a cow. Um, there's a specific type of pig that only eats um nuts as it's growing up. It's a Spanish pig and as you eat that, the fat very much has a a nutty flavor. So, the ribeye, you're going to look for when you go in there the good marbling, like I said, tons of fat, tons of flavor. You're going to look for that that curved piece um, sometimes that curved piece can be bigger or smaller. My suggestion is get the biggest curved piece on a ribeye that you possibly can. Uh, you might also see something or hear something called a rib roast. Uh, and that is, again, just the imagine a ribeye, but uh, expand it out lengthwise. When you order prime rib in a restaurant, obviously, you can see that the name is in the, the description. Um, that it is it is more or less that whole entire piece cooked and what uh, roasted, and then what they do is they slice it, and the the center part is usually much more rare than the outside part, and that's um, it takes that muscle so long to cook, which is why you'll find restaurants running out of prime rib um, usually halfway through service because they've been cooking for a long period of time and they run out, Um, they can't just throw one on the grill, you know, like they they would a piece of steak. So again, just in review, fat, 100%. Also, just as a side note, another, and this is actually what I'm going to eat tonight, um, another cut that I like from another Primal Cut, um, the short plate or flank, which is the Primal Cut, um, is skirt steak. And skirt steak is and we'll talk about it here when I get to taste in a second has a very strong beefy flavor, not off-putting at all, not, um, gamey like uh, venison, but just tastes a lot like beef. Um, but it's fat content is high. Now the minus with skirt steak is that it is, it's very tough. So again, you have to cut it against the grain, but if we're, we're still in the chapter of fat, um, ribeye is your number one, hundred percent, you know, way to go as far as steaks go. um, Rib roast, which is going to equal our prime rib, thumbs up, um, and skirt steak. A lot of times if you have very, very good fajitas um, in some places, they're going to be made out of skirt steak, which is, is the, the short plate and the flank is basically this the stomach area, not the stomach per se, but the stomach area of muscles that are between the cow's front legs and back legs and you're going to have those cuts of meat. Last one. Okay. So we've got fat we covered those four cuts and we've covered um, fatness. Excuse me. We did uh, tenderness first, we did fatness second, and now we're going to talk taste. Okay. So it, when I talk about taste, it's something that is going to taste like, you know, you're eating beef. Um, and that is something that I really enjoy is that, that super beefy flavor. Um, occasionally, cause I like my Um, My steak's done medium rare to rare. You know, you're going to have a little bit of that irony taste, um, but it's the juicy, beefy flavor. And one of the cuts, like I talked about, that short plate flank, the skirt steak, flank steak is another, which is um, less fatty, but still kind of that bottom part of the cow. Very flavorful, very delicious. But anytime that you see sirloin, and the sirloin is another primal cut, one of the eight. And you're going to see top sirloin. You might see a tri-tip roast um, or tri-tip steak, um, all types of different. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of different cuts um, around the sirloin. And the the sirloin, basically, that primal cut sits more or less in front of the rump and round, which is the back part of the cow. Um, It circumvents, so to speak, the tenderloin or the loin that we talked about. And the short loin that kind of comes in front of that and then even in front of that is the rib that we discussed. Um, just for your information, the front part above the front legs um, is what they call chuck and you a lot of times you'll it's very very tough. you would never eat steak you know make out of this but that's where you get your pot roasts and your ground hamburger and, and things of that nature. But taste wise, pound for pound if you want to taste that the beefy flavor, sirloin, tri-tip, flank steak, skirt steak, you know, those, those kind of pieces, those kind of cuts are really going to deliver on that, on that BV taste. In fact, you, you'll you probably have sirloin a lot of times, um, in kebabs, you know, there'll be pieces of the steak kind of, kind of put in that nature, um, like skirt steak, it's pieces, you know, that are cut up to get around the tenderness part because they deliver both and in, in fat with some cuts. Sirloin can be kind of lean, um, and the flank steak can be kind of lean, but like skirt steak is very fatty. Um, top sirloin can have some more fat, uh, so they're getting around some of that toughness by by cutting them in pieces. But you, I mean, one of the most delicious steaks I've ever had was a sirloin. Um, it was done just right. Uh, the quality of the beef itself was high. Um, I'm not sure the diet or when it was slaughtered or all those kind of things, but all those pieces come into play. You know when when you have um, when you're looking at a steak. And later in the sec in the segment here, uh, we're going to have an interview with an with an author, and you know he's talks specifically about knowing you know as much as you can about the actual cow itself, you know, and that's going to lead to to quality. So to absolutely kind of bring all this together, we've talked about um, three ways to look at your cut. Um, like I said, your mouth, your money, um, you decide what's delicious, and we looked through the lens of tenderness. We looked through the lens of fat, we looked through the lens of taste, and we had a little uh, kind of flyer in there about bone-in. I tell you what, if you've never had a bone-in tomahawk ribeye, it's absolutely fantastic. Really quickly, I'll tell you with that bone-in conversation, bone always adds flavor. Always, always, always adds flavor. Um, So think of those things as you pick out your favorite cut. So every episode, I want to give you a book or a reference that you can have or read to do a deeper dive on the subject, maybe learn a little bit more than the podcast uh, provides. Today, I'd like to recommend Mark Schatzker's book named Steak, One Man's Search for the World's Tastiest Piece of Beef. I love this book for a lot of reasons. The concept is a world-swept journey across the world as a well-funded steak excursion, Mark says. His journeys took him through. Texas, France, Scotland, Japan, and more. The book includes the stories of these visits, seen through the lens of steak, and even his rubric of steak evaluation, data applied to opinion and evaluation, was amazing. Here's what I asked him. Mark, what's your favorite cut? He told me his favorite cut is ribeye. Predictable answer, I suppose, but for good reason. He said it had a blend of flavor, juiciness, and tenderness that no other cut can match. I love all the cuts, and I appreciate each for its character. It's not like I only eat ribeye, but if I had to pick a deserted island cut, that's what it would be. second question I asked him was, what main piece of advice would you give us, the regular person, about buying steak? He told me if you're buying steak at a supermarket, you probably are not buying at the right place. Most sell commodity beef which is to say beef that's been raised as a cheapest possible option. If you're looking for something special, you'll likely have to venture to a butcher shop or a farmer's market, though neither of these is any guarantee of quality. The more you can learn about your steak, the breed, its age, at slaughter, what it ate, the more you know about the quality of the steak. And finally, I asked him, Mark, which way do you lean? Flavor, fat, or tenderness? This is what he told me. As far as what I like to attribute in a steak, it really comes down to flavor for me. Flavor, flavor, flavor. I was once served a steak in Chilean Patagonia that had serious chew. There was some degree of gnawing required to get it down the gullet, but the flavor was just incredible and made the effort worth it. A lot of people wouldn't eat a steak like that. And that's fine. We all have our own tastes, and at the whole point of beef for me is it's incredible unequaled flavor. Mark Schatzker is the author, uh, author of The Dorito Effect and Steak. His award-winning journalism has appeared in the New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Condé Nast Traveler, and Best American Travel Writing. He lives in Toronto with his wife and three children. Please check out his book, Steak, The One Man's Search for the World's Tastiest Piece of Beef. The link to Amazon will be in the bio. Check it out. So, hey, friends, thanks for joining us on episode one of Food Fuss. I hope you uh, got something out of it, learned a little bit more about steak and the cuts, and maybe what your cut might be. I want to give you a couple challenges. The first one is, is to reach out, follow us on Instagram. We are Food Fuss Drew, F O O D F U S S D R E W on Instagram. And you can, uh, once you join us, shoot out a message. Tell me what you thought. About the first episode, I put up regular daily food-related posts uh, that I think you'll enjoy. Also, you can reach out to us by email, foodfussdrew at gmail.com. And please let me know what you might think uh, a great topic might be in the future. I'll also give you a, a small mini uh, homework assignment. is I'm going to slip in um, a little mini episode about candy uh, before episode two, which is about rice. Uh, since Halloween is, is approaching here in the States. So for all of our international and national friends, uh, please let us know what is your favorite candy. And I'm going to do a little mini episode of of some of the funny things that, that we find delicious in, the, in that category of candy. So I'll leave you with this as always. Uh, it's your mouth and it's your money, so you choose what's delicious. This is Drew Barbone with Food Fuss. Wishing you well, my friend.